Are you listening in on my diary? Scandalous. I'm kidding. Actually, since you're here, why don't you grab some pocky sticks and a bottle of Japanese soda? You're more than welcome to join me. Another one of the forever foreign. Never regret thy Japanese. Okay, we're recording. Okay, like I was saying. Hold up. I forgot to say the date. Sorry. Saturday, August 24th, 2013. Like I... Sorry, just one more thing. Hi, Henrik. Okay, you can start. Do you really have to do that? Kinda, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about anymore. I'll get us on track. Henrik, it's the day after Chiron English Camp. It's 1.13 in the afternoon, and Victor just got home. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in last night's entry, but just in case, here's a refresher. After our bus got back to Okayama Station and we said goodbye to the kids, everyone was left to their own devices. Timothy and Cowdy immediately bolted off in one direction without so much as a tip of the hat to the rest of us. Why do you talk like that? Without so much as a tip of the hat. You don't like it? You sound like you got a stick up your ass or something. I think words should be fun. Why say you went for a walk when you can say jaunt? Why tell someone you had fun when you can say it was a cracking good time? Wait, I got one that's perfect for you. Why talk about a girl's tits and ass when you can refer to her heaving chest and bulbous bottom? Bulbous bottom? Don't like it? Not really, no. I'll try to come up with something better. Anyway, most of us got on trains to go home after English camp. But not you, Victor. Why don't you tell Henrik and me about your evening? Okay, so normally we would have a post-camp party, right? But Timothy and Cowrie weren't up for it this year, so it was on me. I invited the Hotaru crew to come with. But you all turned me down because you're about the lamest group of ALTs that I've ever come across. Really? Come on, man. We were tired. I told you, I'd be game almost any other time. You gotta work hard and play hard in Japan, Devin. Work hard and play hard. Want some coffee? Sure. <clears throat> After you all pussied out, I went to one of my usual places. I've got a few kebakuras that I cycle between. Some bars, too. Kyaba... What? Kyabakura. Don't tell me you've never heard of them before. Oh, man. Is your old senpai ever about to come through for you? Cream and sugar, man. Cream and sugar. 
Thanks. Gabakudas are bars where girls come around and hang out with you. Usually you sit in a booth or a private room if you're feeling like splashing some cash. It depends on the place, but most of the time you get a cycle of different gals coming to hang out. It's awesome. So awesome. Can you, uh, you know, S-E-X? Can you bang them? No. The girls are there strictly to keep you company, not to give you handies under the table. Come on, Devin. Not unless you have some serious skill, that is. Go on. Go on? Ask me if I have some serious skill. Do you have some serious skill, Victor? <laughs> Henrik, Victor just winked. Okay, so you went to a Kabakura? Is that right? Kabakura? Last night? Nah. After my trip to Tokyo, I'm a little strapped for cash. Just went to Hunter's last night. It's a club that a lot of foreigners and locals like to mingle at. Good time? Ask me why I got home so late today. Do I have to? I think I get the picture. Are you sure? Talk about your heavy chest then. What'd you say? Bubble butts? Bulbous... Bulbous bottoms. Forget about it. It's fine. Well, this chick had the bulbiest bottom I have ever seen. And she had a friend. You really missed out. Next time, senpai. Looking forward to it. How do you say club in Japanese anyway? I don't know if I've ever heard anyone talk about them. How do you know so little about Japan? You're almost as bad as Alyssa. Come on, I'm not that bad. At least I can speak some Japanese. Can you? Yeah, give me a break. I studied for a semester back in Canada and... I haven't stuck my nose in a textbook over here yet, but I will once I settle into a routine. Well, going out with me and spanking a little tush would be a good way to learn fast. Just saying. I will. I promise. Actually, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask you about the day camp. Do you, uh... Do you think Timothy will hold... You know, everything that happened against me? Have you met Timothy? <sighs> Any way of getting off his shit list? You cut him pretty deep, man. He's someone who values loyalty. And when you flip the script like that, I don't see him forgetting it anytime soon. I still don't get why you did that. Such a bitch move. Don't tell me I'm going to need to look over my shoulder when I'm around you, too. Nah, we cool. Actually, it's kind of funny looking back on it now. Don't tell Timothy I said that, though. I'm going to bounce, though. Only got a couple hours of sleep last night, and Papa needs a nap. Oh, no. I think I can feel the booze poos coming on, too. Wonderful. Henrik, this'll probably be the only entry for today. It's a Saturday and I don't even have a hangout with the other ALTs planned. See you around. And I'm back.
just for a couple of minutes. Later in the afternoon, I went to market for groceries, the plan being to make bolognese sauce for dinner. I went up and down the aisles, gathering the necessary ingredients like a man on a pasta-making mission. Nothing too exciting. Then I saw who was manning, or rather womaning, the till. Now, a little bit of backstory for you. There's this cashier who I see almost every time I've gone grocery shopping. A young woman by the looks of her. I've never made a point of lining up at a register, but more often than not, it ends up that way. My reason for not mentioning her until now is... Well... The fact that she's a cashier who I've hardly said more than a handful of words to. That's also kind of why I'm mentioning her now. You see, she's always come across as very... Aloof. What a great word that is, hey? Aloof. It almost sounds French. Is it French? Anyway, Miss Aloof always gives me an icy konnichiwa whenever I see her. I don't think it's anything personal because I've watched her with other customers and her tone never really changes. That's just Miss Aloof, it seems. Every time she greets me, I send the greeting right back with a smile. And every single time, she looks surprised when I do. Judging by the way everyone else behaves around her, I think it might just be a matter of her not being used to patrons engaging in conversation. I'm all for it, though. That's why we're here on planet Earth, isn't it? To connect with people? That's what Grandpa Glenn Denning would say. Miss Aloof makes it hard, though. I've tried commenting on the weather or mentioning that the tomatoes she's bringing through look delicious, but I'm always met with near silence. There's only so many times a guy can be met with a brick wall in conversation, so when I saw her today I decided to take more of a direct approach. Instead of commenting on something in the hopes that she would jump into the conversation herself, I pulled her in, asking her how she was. More specifically, I asked her, Genki desu ka? If you translate it, it literally means are you healthy, but it's probably the closest equivalent to the English how are you in terms of conversation in Japan. Miss Aloof looked at me with the slightest upward curve to her lips and said, Genki desu. I'm good. She then asked me how I was, to which I also replied, Genki desu. That's it. That's all we said to one another. But for how brief the exchange was, it felt like a monumental triumph. And the curve on my lips wasn't slight at all as I walked away from the register. It stretched from ear to ear. With that wild look, I stuffed canned tomatoes, ground beef, and onions into the bag I'd been given. As I bent down to put my basket away, I heard a new voice. You look like you just got released from the asylum. I didn't need to look to know it was Alyssa. Letting out a long sigh, I straightened up. Can't a guy just be happy? If you saw a baby or a dog smiling by itself, I guarantee that you'd be talking about how adorable it looks. You're not a baby, are you? Alyssa said. And dogs can't smile. Yes, they can. No, they can't. They can, though, so... Agree to disagree, she said. What are you smiling about anyway? Oh, nothing, I said. Then I just kind of forgot about bagging groceries for a minute and went on a tangent. 
Just one of those moments that makes you appreciate being alive. You know, Alyssa, you study a language enough to have the most basic of conversations. Actually, it was just the start of a conversation, but who's counting? And when it gets to the point where words are being served back and forth, it really feels like a lock is slowly clicking into place. You know? Japanese, she said. Are you talking about Japanese? What else would I be talking about? She rolled her eyes and started to push past me. Then she stopped. Hey, do you know if Callum is around? He's not answering my messages. He's probably locked in his room working on his game. Why? I was going to ask him for help with setting up a gym membership. You were going to ask Callum? Why Callum? Maybe you're right, she said. I should probably ask Mio or Bree. Uh, excuse me, I said. What about me? You should have seen the Japanese I was flinging around with the cashier just now. And remember the train? Remember how I got us to Soja by figuring out which platform to get on? I remember us almost getting on a train to the other side of Japan, Alyssa said. Where do you get off thinking your Japanese is as good as Mio or Breeze? It's not always about language ability, you know, I said. Sometimes it's about personability. Being able to work through a situation and communicate in spite of the barriers. Yeah, but... But nothing! I accept your challenge. I didn't challenge you to anything, she said. Nonsense, I said. I'll have you set up with a gym membership in no time. Let me make this clear to you, Devin. I do not want you to go to the gym for me. It's a, it's a very nice thought, but I have a feeling that getting you to negotiate my membership fees would end up with me in debtor's prison. Don't mention it, I said. I'll have you lifting weights in no time. Are you listening to me, she said. In case you're wondering, I was listening to her, Henrik. I was listening to her words so hard that it hurt. It's not that I have any delusions over how well I can speak Japanese. I'm aware that I'm a beginner. It's more that Alyssa doesn't seem to have confidence in my ability to rise to the occasion. That I can't overlook. Saying goodnight, I left market and started forming a plan in my head. First, I would... First, I would make a delicious bolognese sauce and eat it, which I did. Maybe I'll leave my recipe pin somewhere in the apartment for whenever you move in. I use a secret ingredient that takes it from a 10 out of 10 to 11. A happy belly every time. That's the Glen Denning guarantee. Once I finished with dinner, though, I would begin the journey that would change the way foreigners communicate in Japan forever. Sunday, August 25th, 2013. I'm outside of Undo Town right now, Henrik. That's the name of the gym in Hotaru. Undo means exercise, and town means... Well, that's, that's English, so I don't know if I need to explain that. After dinner last night, I studied Japanese for two hours. I looked up words that might be used at a gym's reception area, practiced a fake dialogue with an imaginary front desk worker. I even went over gestures that might be helpful. All of this to prove Alyssa 
wrong. I've been here for a little while now, psyching myself up, and the only thing left to do is go in and actually talk to someone. I decided to bring you along because this is a really important step in not only my own personal growth, but probably just about every foreigner who comes to Japan. We all have to take the plunge at some point and stop relying on other people. Or we should, anyway. So, here I am, just sitting on a bench outside the front doors, totally ready to take the plunge. Hands are totally not shaking right now. I'm totally not going to chicken out and ask Erika to help with this. I'm not going to chicken out, am I? こんにちは。あなたがそこにしばらく座っていることに気づき、何か手助けが必要なのだろうかと思ったのですが、大丈夫ですか？ああ、デヴィングレンデニングです。私は、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ
I know why I got chased out of the building as if I was a leper. You'll have heard the number of times I referred to the woman behind the counter's pants. I think I counted five times in total when I went back and listened. God, I still don't know why I started talking about her clothes at all. A million other things would have been more natural. Anyway, what I wanted to say is that after getting home, I noticed the number of times I used that word and figured it was the only thing that stood out as potentially offensive. So I looked up the word pants in my Japanese-English dictionary and found that the Japanese word is zubon. That might be the word I should have used, but it didn't explain why she got so angry. Dead end. Then, later that night, Callum came over to hang out. We put on some anime, specifically a show called Fairy Tale, and that's when the pieces started falling into place. One of the racier scenes we watched featured a scantily clad lass with a male character making oblivious and inappropriate comments. Certain words came up frequently over the course of that scene, but as I was focusing more on reading the subtitles, they didn't register in my brain. Until they did. There was one word in particular that I couldn't help but notice as the sounds morphed in my brain. pa n tsu pan tsu pan tsu Pants! I shouted, startling Callum, enough to upset a bag of potato chips. What? he said. Pants! I repeated. What does pants translate to in English? Dax! he said. His crazy Aussie cartoon word. Not mine. Apparently it means underwear. I'm such a drongo, I said. That time the Aussie lingo came from me. I don't know how much of my English she understood, Henrik, but thanks to that incredible personality that I was bragging about yesterday, you know, the one that would allow me to communicate effectively against all odds, including, but not limited to, my near total lack of linguistic ability, she put her own meaning together. I pointed to the lower half of her body probably three times, for God's sake, and depending on which English word the front desk worker understood, and which she translated to Japanese, I may or may not have told her that I liked her undies. After explaining this to Callum and nearly getting laughed out of my own apartment, I asked for some help with cobbling together an apology speech. I never said I had to get the gym membership completely on my own after all, did I? No sense turning down help when it's already there. That's called stupid. Well, we'll see how things go tomorrow, Henrik. Toodaloo! Monday, August 26th, 2013. Good evening, Henrik. Where to start with today's events? The beginning, maybe? Nowhere better, I suppose. Wait. Actually, let's go non-linear. Just give me a second to work this out in my head. Hmm. Okay, I think I've got it. And action! It was two o'clock in the afternoon, and dark clouds were gathering overhead. I paced outside the entrance to Undo Town, my hand a vice as it pressed the phone tight to my ear, forcing me to take in 
every word of admonishment. I wanted to hear them on some level, Henrik, knew that I deserved every last noxious syllable. The price of hubris. I understand, Erika, I said to the woman who very closely resembled the supervisor but refused the title. I won't go back inside Undo Town. It's something I just wasn't ready to do on my own. The call ended with a click. Hmm. To tell you the truth, it wasn't a click. It ended more with a tap since all I had to do was touch the red button on my phone's screen. Okay, the call ended with a tap. Running shaky fingers through my hair, I forced myself to take one last look at the doors to Undo Town. Doors that were now forbidden to me. Doors that represented so much more than merely the entrance to a physical fitness training center. They were a checkpoint of sorts to a life of independence in Japan. I sat down on the bench, watching people coming and going freely with no troubles as they spoke to the woman at the counter. They might have been communicating any number of things, a request for a towel, or perhaps questioning why their monthly fees had gone up. Whatever each patron's speech contained, one theme was constant. There was an ease about each interaction, a lack of complication that I envied. At some point as I sat outside, I noticed that my hair was damp and my skin was slick. When the rain had started, I couldn't say. Evidence of my misery. I took my head in my hands, full of self-pity and despair at the lack of prospects for myself in this country. I closed my eyes and wallowed in it. And as with everything, the rain stopped. Really, it would be more accurate to say that it stopped hitting me, because I could still hear the pitter-patter all around. Shelter had come unbidden, and with it, a voice. For all of my despair, I couldn't make out what was said, only that the words had come from the mouth of some angel of mercy. The clouds opened, pierced by rays of light, and as I looked up, into the blinding splendor. There she was. 27 minutes and 34 seconds earlier. I spent the morning rehearsing the apology that Callum had helped me come up with. I spent yesterday morning rehearsing another speech as well, so there were no illusions that any of this would be foolproof. And yet... I still had a strange sense of confidence as I hopped on my bike and rode off for Undo Town after lunch. The sun was shining, the cicadas were chirping, or whatever they do. I'm not really sure if you can call those sounds chirping. Anyway, it was a lovely afternoon. North along the river, across two bridges and one very short tunnel. And there I was at Undo Town, the gym built into a mountainside. As I got off my bicycle, every bit of that confidence I just mentioned vanished. A part of me wanted to get right back in the saddle and turn tail for my apartment rather than head inside the building. The voice in my head told me to call Erika, Mio, hell even Victor and ask for help. 
But another voice knew this was something I had to do on my own. Wishing I hadn't just wolfed down two egg salad sandwiches, I forced my legs to move. I didn't wait outside the entrance this time. I barged right in. Behind the counter was the same woman from yesterday, which I was grateful for. If it had been someone else, my apology wouldn't have made any sense at all, and we'd be back to square one. Or maybe we would have made another square to deal with. Who knows? Speaking of apologies, I need to make one to you, Henrik. Nothing would have made me happier than to have taken you along for the ride. But the thought crossed my mind that recording the whole thing was adding unnecessary pressure to the situation. So I... I left you behind. Sorry. What I can offer you is a reenactment of the conversation. So, here goes. As the automatic doors to Undo Town opened, I was greeted with a cheerful Konnichiwa. The woman hadn't lifted her head from the binder she was looking at, so as far as she knew, it was another regular citizen of Hotaru that she was greeting. Konnichiwa, I said. She stopped flipping through the pages, frozen for just a moment before raising her head. When her eyes met mine, I was surprised to see that she didn't immediately reach for a panic button that would launch me into the sky. Maybe it was the fact that I had my hands raised above my head in the universal gesture for, I'm not here for your panties. I took her lack of panic as about the warmest welcome I could have hoped for. A few tense steps followed, and when I realized that she was really going to give me a chance, I launched into an apology. In Japanese, and let me remind you, it was spoken with my mouth and could have been filled with any number of errors, I said the equivalent of, I think there was a misunderstanding yesterday. My Japanese isn't very good, so I probably made some mistakes, and for that, I'm sorry. She looked at me with a blank expression, not saying a word. I was thrilled about that as even the slightest interruption had a high probability of derailing my whole speech, leading to another... incident. I'm still not 100% sure what yesterday's problem was, I continued. But my best guess is that it had something to do with me using the word pants? Here I use the English word rather than the Japanese for pants, just so we're all following along. This also means that you could argue I was using the Japanese word for underwear too. I took care to wrap it in air quotes though to prevent any further confusion. You see, pants, I continued, again using air quotes, and that's as far as I got with that sentence before she interrupted me. Why pants, she said in Japanese, mimicking my air quotes with a snarl on her lips that said my status as sleazebag lingerie sniffer was back on the table. There was the derailment that I was talking about, Henrik. It seemed like she was asking more about the air quotes than the word itself, so I did my best to explain, taking a deep breath. The meaning of your pants, I said, once again bending and unbending my fingers, is, uh... Here I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine a person 
who has never once driven manual transmission, jumping into the driver's seat of a moving Ferrari and trying to shift the gears. In much the same way, I was trying to dive back into a conversation spoken in Nihongo, a conversation that lurched to a halt. I was rendered completely dumb, stuttering and practically drooling in front of this young woman, Trying to restart that engine with less air quotes and less of the word pants wasn't much use either. Worry crossed her face, and she reached behind the desk. Thankfully, it wasn't for some Looney Tunes-style trap door lever. It was just a regular old telephone. Oh God, I said now in English. Please don't call the police. I'm leaving. Turning around, I ran as fast as I could. Outside, I paced back and forth in an effort to calm down. This isn't the end of the world, I told myself. It's just another mistake, another zany story that I get to tell. I can never come back here, but that's okay. There are other places I can work out at. I can be the weird guy who does bodyweight exercises down by the river. I can go for runs. Heck, I can even speed walk. The point of that pep talk was to convince myself that life would go on as usual. Unless the police really were being called. Then maybe it would be a little different. As I was settling down, I felt my phone vibrate in my pocket. Oh god, I thought. This is the end. But the name on the screen of my phone didn't read Hotaru Police. Or whatever it would read if the cops called. It read, Erika. My knees suddenly felt weak as the inner monologue quickly convinced me that a call from my employer was worse than one from the police. I'm ashamed to admit it, Henrik, but for a moment, I considered not answering that call. In the end, I did, though, and was greeted by a voice that wasn't exactly angry, more cautious. Erika spoke with the sort of unease that overcomes a long-time friend of someone who's having more and more convincing accusations of murder thrown at them. Or panty-snatching crimes, as was the case here. Devin, she said. Hello, Erika, I said. Where are you right now? she asked. Outside Undo Town. I wasn't sure at that point what she'd heard, so I left it at that. Ano, I just got a call from them, she said. That pretty much cleared up what she'd heard. They said that you went there yesterday and today, and Ano, I heard that you were asking for one of the staff members' underwear. Then you started making some weird gesture, like you wanted to tickle her or something. Is that true, Devin? I let out a long sigh into the phone's receiver. No, Erika, it's not true. Well, it is true that I went to Undo Town and started talking about the front desk worker's pants, and I did also make a gesture, but I never meant to talk about her panties, and I definitely was not suggesting that I wanted to tickle her. Maybe you could explain things so I can better understand, Erika said. So I went over the whole ridiculous situation from start to finish. I expected, 
or maybe hoped that she would burst into laughter at some point, but she never did. On the other end of the line, Erika didn't say a word. At first I thought she was just being a good listener, but eventually I paused long enough to hear the tapping of a computer's keyboard. She was taking notes. And that's pretty much everything I said at the end. Just a silly mix-up that won't happen again. I see, Erika said. Tap, tap, tap. I need to consult with Okara-sensei about this, but I'll probably take you to Undo Town later in the week to apologize properly. Please don't return until then. We don't want to make the situation worse than it already is. I understand, Erika. I won't go back inside Undo Town. It's something I just wasn't ready to do on my own, I guess. Well, that pretty much brings us back to where I started this entry, Henrik. I wallowed in self-pity for some time on that bench outside, and eventually was brought back to reality by a voice. Oh, did I say it was raining? Maybe I got a little carried away. It definitely was not raining, unless you count the sweat dropping from my forehead. There might have been four clouds in the entire sky today, none of them even close to touching each other. But don't let the cheerful setting take anything away from my Angel of Mercy's dramatic arrival. Are you sad? I heard a voice from above say. I looked up, and not very far at that, because the woman who asked the question stood less than five feet in height. She was old, probably in her seventies, with frizzy brown hair that hardly covered her ears, and there was a large handbag hanging from one shoulder that she hugged to her body. Pardon me, I asked, not quite hearing her the first time. You looked sad, she said. I thought you were crying. I wasn't crying, I said. But I guess I am a little sad. Do you speak English? Eh? Aren't we speaking English now? Fair enough, I said. I've been trying to set up a gym membership for the last couple days, but have had some problems. The lady who works in there seems to hate me now. She said something in Japanese that I didn't understand before switching back to English. You seem so nice. I am nice, I said, but I'm not very good at Japanese. Maybe I can help, she said. I don't know, I said. They called my boss and everything. She told me not to go back inside Undo Town without her. Okay, listen to your boss if you want. The old gal shuffled away, leaving me to stare in disbelief. I think she'd made it as far as the entrance when I got up and chased after her. Trailing my new found champion, I tiptoed past the sliding doors where the woman at the front counter greeted us with the usual Konnichiwa. This time, she looked up before we had a chance to respond. The moment she saw me, her mouth was open and ready to fire off some aggressive Japanese. I'm sure she would have, too, if it weren't for the old lady next to me putting up a hand to cut her off. It was like a switch in the receptionist's brain was flicked because she did a complete 180, dousing her fire for me and smiling sweetly at the senior instead. However... A short exchange between the two of them followed, leading to a few crinkles in her brow. She turned to me and asked a question. I didn't catch much of it, 
but after all I'd been through, it was impossible for me not to hear among the jumble of rapid-fire Japanese the word pants. The old woman turned toward me, doubt crossing her face. Any delusions that she'd had of me being a nice young man seemed to have been wiped away just like that. She says you're... Uh, how do you say in English? I saw it on the internet the other day. The old lady then spouted some Japanese before pulling out a handheld notebook from her bag. Ah, yes. She says you're... Jonasin 4? Johnson 4? Is that right? There was line upon line of English scribbled into the pages, each with a Japanese translation next to it. When I looked at the one she was pointing to, I pronounced it for her. Jonesin 4. Ah, thank you, she said with a smile before turning serious again. She says you are Jonesin for her underwear. I recoiled. Then, taking as deep a breath as I could manage, I said, I'm not jonesing for her underwear. I was never talking about her underwear to begin with. I was talking about her pants. Her... Her zoobone. Why were you talking about her zoobone? I don't know, I said. Look, I just got really nervous and started talking about the first thing I noticed. She was wearing the kind of track pants that I'm not used to seeing, and it seemed like the best thing to latch on to. The old lady nodded slowly as I spoke. I'm really, really sorry if I made her feel uncomfortable. If, she started. No, she is uncomfortable. Okay, then I'm really, really sorry for making her feel uncomfortable, I said. I didn't mean to. The two women turned to each other again before the interrogation went in a different direction, this time focusing on the gesture I'd made earlier. I didn't need that bit translated. Those were air quotes, I said simply. In Canada, and I thought in other countries too, we use them to kind of highlight something we're talking about especially if that thing has multiple meanings and we want to make it clear we're talking about a different one. More slow nodding followed. More Japanese went back and forth. Then finally, a laugh. Just the smallest of laughs. A titter, really. But with that release of air went all of the tension from my body. I allowed myself to laugh too, and soon the three of us were in a fit over the whole stupid situation. When it died down, we sorted out what I'd come there for in the first place. A gym membership. I was given the form I needed as well as an extra for Alyssa, and an explanation of everything that needed to be filled out. When it was all said and done, I thanked the old lady who'd helped me and asked for her name. Mori, she said. Mori-san. I guess I'll see you at Undo Town from here on out, I said. I'm here at least two or three times every week, she said. Please say hello if you see me. I cycled home with a massive weight off my shoulders after that. Not only would I not have to inconvenience Erika, I'd also achieved the original goal of getting a gym membership. 
or at least the papers that would allow me to do it. That brings us to the present moment. I called Alyssa over to gloat, but she hasn't arrived yet, so I'll shut things off for now and turn it back on when we're ready to go. Here we go, Henrik. The door is unlocked! Devin? Where are you? Why is it so dark in here? Ah, Alyssa, what a pleasant surprise. Please, have a seat. (laughs) What pleasant surprise? You invited me here. I'm turning on the light. Come on, can you just... Can you just let me be all cool and evil genius-like? Is that where you were going for? I'm turning on the light, Devin, sorry. Fine... What's the emergency? You sounded urgent on the phone. I've gathered you here, Alyssa, chief among my doubters. Because you generalized my character. You attempted to make an ass of me. And, I'm happy to say, because of that, you've done nothing but make an ass of yourself. When did I make an ass of you? Silence! I won't have you add lies to insult. Why don't you just sit back and listen for once? Listen as I tell you the story of the man who surmounted all obstacles. The man who did just as he said he would. Overcoming a minor lack of Japanese ability with the power of character. The power of interpersonal intelligence. You see, it started when you threw down the gauntlet at market the other day. I've heard all about it, I went home and formulated the perfect plan. It was a stroke of genius, really. One that would have I know what happened, Devin. You what? Callum told me a little, and Erica filled in the rest. (sighs) Gossips. Well... Since you've taken all the fun out of me telling my story, you might as well take your gym sign-up sheet too and head home. I don't need a sign-up sheet. What do you mean you don't need a sign-up sheet? What did I go through all of this for? I went with Erica earlier today. That's how I heard about you creeping the hell out of the staff at Undotown. Hey, keep it down. We got past that. She's my friend now. Is she? (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter. I don't need a sign-up sheet. I filled that out and got my membership card just before dinner. Really? Really. Check it out. Well, can you tell me what I need to fill in then? I've taken a look at things and I have no clue past writing my name. I can try, but you should really get Erica's help. She'll fill the whole thing out for you. You'll be done in a minute. And that's exactly why I won't be asking for Erica's help. I feel like we just went through this with the whole gym membership thing. Didn't we just go through this? What are you going to do during your first day of work on Wednesday? Just going to call Erika whenever you have a problem? Shut up and let me see the form. You've already written your name. I think this is where I put my bank info, but you should really ask. Don't say it. Let me get my bank book. Actually, I'll shut off Henrik first. I have a feeling this won't be much fun for him. Henrik? You weren't recording this, were you? 
Be more considerate. Not everyone's as chill as me. See you, Henrik. Thanks for listening to Forever Foreign. If you've got the time, we'd love to hear your thoughts, either through a podcast rating, a Twitter comment, or our email. You can find those last two as well as bonus essays and blog posts over at foreverforeignpod.com. You'll also find a link to our Patreon page in case you want to help keep the diary going. Forever Foreign was written, produced, and narrated by me, David Taylor. Victor is voiced by David Armfield. Alyssa is voiced by Bianca Philippe. And Undo's staff member was played by Mai Awata. Sound design is by David Armfield. Original music is by Brock Christian. And additional story editing was done by Juan Olivares. Catch you next time, Foreigner!